0: Welcome to the Fueled AF Podcast, where we educate you on ways to fuel your mind, body, and soul.
1: We're your hosts, Alex and Avery. Now let's jump in.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fueled AF Podcast. We are so happy you're here. Happy Friday if you're listening to this on the day that this episode drops. Um So today we have a super, at least I'm super excited about it. Um, We're going to be chatting all things like food tracking, intuitive eating, benefits of tracking your food. Is it even necessary? Can you, can you reach your goals goals without tracking Um, our personal experiences with tracking? um, I literally just like went ham on this outline. So I'm actually really excited to kind of dive into into all of this. Um, So yeah, anything else you want to add before we jump in?
1: No, I definitely you you definitely did go ham you guys. I just logged on to our outline and I was like, "Holy crap, Avery, you literally just wrote so much stuff on here." So, it's going to be a good one. Um, I will definitely say like if you're somebody who's, you know, getting started on health and fitness journey and you feel super overwhelmed by the nutrition aspect, that is 10 out of 10 normal. Um, I would say most clients when they start with us, the nutrition side is the hardest part to kind of grasp the concept, concept of it's um the part that definitely intimidates people the most. It's, you know, easy to feel like wow this is really hard this is really difficult it's going to be time consuming this is you know this Mm -hmm. sucks (laughs) um what like would like Avery said we're going to talk about our personal experiences but we've been there like it it definitely especially when you get started can seem very overwhelming um but hopefully you listen to this episode and you're like you know what I think I can give that a go and it's not going to be that bad so (laughs) I guess we can kind of get into it do you want to start maybe by talking more about like what even goes into tracking food what does that even mean what are macros
0: Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, we'll just kind of break down like what, what even is food tra- tracking? What are macros? Like when we say I'm tracking my macros, or I'm tracking my food, what does that even mean? So essentially tracking your food is pretty much what it sounds like. Um, so essentially you are recording in some way, whether that be on an app, which is, I would say how 99% of people do it. Um, you know, some people might choose to like write it down in a notebook or on their notes on their phone, but you are recording everything that you're eating and drinking. Um, and so. By doing that, you're essentially seeing how many calories you're eating, what the macro breakdown of your food is. Um you're yeah, you're actually just getting a picture of of everything that you're of your eat of your eating, everything that you're eating. Um, so with macros specifically, if you don't know what macros are, those are protein, fat, and carbs. So these are the main macronutrients that make up. The calories that you're eating. So that's, I think a big thing that people get confused about. They're like, should I track my macros or my calories or both? If you're tracking your macros, you're inherently tracking your calories because your macros make up your calories. So protein and carbs have four calories per gram. So if you eat one gram of protein or one gram of carbs, whether, whatever source that might be, it's going to be four calories mm-hmm. and fat is going to be nine calories per gram. So if you eat one gram of fat, you're consuming nine calories. So you can kind of imagine from that, all the, you know, however many grams of carbs, fat, and protein you're eating, those are going to calculate and equal up to the calories that you're consuming. So if you're tracking your macros, you're inherently tracking calories, even if you're not quite sure what your macros add up to be. Um, but if you're only tracking your calories, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are keeping macros in mind because you could be eating, you know, 1500 calories, and that could be just from carbs or just from fat or just from protein. Um, yeah.
1: I always like to say like it, tracking your macros is like a step further than tracking your calories. Like you're just pushing it a little bit further because we're, we're tracking what makes up the calories that we're eating. Like Avery just said, I mean, I could go eat 2000 calories a day worth of Oreos. It's probably not going to make me feel very good, um, but I could definitely do it and still be in a deficit. Like that's not impossible to do. Um, but if you're like really serious about your body composition goals, and honestly, if you're just serious about feeling good, um, tracking your macros is going to be a lot more beneficial because you're going to get a lot more, um, just a a good variety in of nutrients. And, um, it's going to allow you to get more micronutrients into because you're, you know, eating different foods and a lot of variety. So that's going to be really beneficial. Um, and if you're wanting to put on muscle mass, proteins are really, really important one. So we want to make sure that, especially as women that we're eating enough protein, because most women do not eat enough protein. So
0: love Uh it. And I think just one more thing before we kind of move into like the importance of tracking your food is that tracking calories and macros is, is different than actually having like specific macro goals and calorie goals that you're hitting on a daily basis. So, you know, the two are kind of synonymous. Like If I say someone, yeah, I track my macros, that kind of implies, you know, I have specific macro targets that I'm hitting every day. Um, But I think a lot of people just assume that like, oh yeah, I just track everything that I eat. Um, which isn't necessarily the same as eating in a way that is going to hit your macros. And by when I say hit your macros, or if we refer to that throughout the episode, it just basically means you're coming within a certain range of your macro target. So if you are aiming to eat 100 grams of protein a day, you know you're getting within like six grams of that. That's what what I tell my clients is within six grams of protein and carbs, and within four grams of fat. Other mm-hmm. coaches might say something slightly different. Essentially, the closer you can get to that actual gram target, the better. Yeah. Um, so just because you're recording all the food that you're eating doesn't necessarily mean that you're actually hitting your right. macros. Yeah.
1: Tracking macros and hitting macros are different things. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Yes. So let's kind of dive into like why it's important to track our food. Like what are the, what are the benefits? What are the drawbacks? Um, You know, I, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, I feel like tracking your food or tracking your macros in general is very intimidating for people. And I know, like I said, when we bring someone on that, that's like the part that most people struggle with. It's the part that they're the most scared about. Um, yeah. And really throughout the entirety of the program, I would say that is the part that people continue to struggle with. If, if they're struggling with one main thing, it's, it's usually the nutrition side. Right. Um, So as far as like the importance of tracking food, you guys, um, like, like Avery said at the beginning of the episode, like we're going to be talking about if you can reach your goals without tracking, which yes, you can. And we'll dive into that. But if you are serious about any goal that you have tracking your food is going to be really important if you're serious about it. Mm -hmm. Um, no, that's not to say like, if you have a goal, you have to track your food. That's definitely not the case, but I would say the quickest way to get from point A to point B is to track your food. Um, and I know for us, especially we work with a lot of women who aren't even in a position to like dive straight into their goals that they want to work towards because there's some sort of metabolic, you know, adaptation that's taken place. We need to kind of help work on their metabolism. Um, So tracking food is going to be really important for that too, because we, it, it gives us as coaches and you as the client or you as just a person individually, so much information on what direction you need to go in. If you're not tracking your food and you just decide, oh, I'm going to start eating less, like that could have a lot of drawbacks too. So um, it is going to be really important. Like I said, if you have a serious goal, tracking your food is going to be the quickest way to get there hands down. I think um, we had said this on an episode before, but it was one of my other friends who's a coach and she was telling me like, or she actually posted this. She was saying, um, you know, you could go on a road trip somewhere and not have a map, but you're going to get there a lot slower than if you were to have a map, like and that's what tracking food does for us.
0: Yes. I absolutely said it so well. Um, you absolutely do not have to track. And there are so many positive changes that you can make without tracking, which I listed some of those a little bit later in the episode. Um, And it might, you might decide like, you know what? I think this is a little bit too, too much for me right now. I'm not quite ready to do this. I want to kind of focus on just, you know, improving my habits and doing kind of small, small daily things that I can, that totally great. Awesome. Um, But like Alex said, I think once you reach a point where you're like, okay, I'm really, I'm really serious about making you know, changes to my body composition changes to the way that I look, I'm really serious about putting on muscle. I'm really serious about, um, you know, making these significant changes. It's going to be in your best interest to track. If you want to do things kind of the most efficient yeah, way possible, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be like an overnight thing by any means. Um, but yeah, it's definitely going to be really beneficial just for educating yourself about, um, like how much you're eating, what you're, what you're doing right now, which I think is a big thing. A lot of times I'll hear that from clients when we go through kind of a test week of tracking They're like, wow, I had no idea that I was eating this little, or I had no idea that, you know, my coffee creamer was this many calories in the morning, stuff like that. It just kind of brings a little bit more awareness into how you're eating, what you're eating, how much you're eating. Um, And something that I always say is whatever you track, you change. So like perfect example for this, Alex and I both have the aura ring, which is like a it's like a wearable fitness tracker tracks your sleep and your, you know, your steps and stuff like that. Um, And I feel like when you start becoming more aware of like, oh, wow, I'm only getting five hours of sleep a night. I thought I was getting way more or like, Mm -hmm. wow, like I thought I'm in bed for eight hours, but I'm only getting six hours of sleep. Just inherently you start changing your habits a little bit of like, okay, I want to make sure I'm, you know, having a good sleep routine or getting to bed earlier or getting off my phone, like stuff like that. So the things that you're tracking and that you're more aware of, you know, when people start, when people get like Apple watches and they might not even have really a health and fitness goal, they're like, oh my gosh, wow. Like I now have a step goal and I'm going to try to hit it every day. Um, so whatever you're aware of and you're tracking, those things are going to be easier to change or you're going to be more motivated to change those things. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And I also want to say like in terms of attracting, it, uh, you have this written on the outline, which I think is such an important thing to touch on is for, mm. for most people, it is a little bit tedious at the beginning. It is a learning curve, you know, learning how to use a food scale and how to look at nutrition labels and how to piece macros together to create a full day of eating. Like it is a learning curve and it can be definitely overwhelming at first, mm. but I promise you guys. Just like anything in life, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. It's so true. You have to stay consistent, but you if you are consistent, you will get to a point where it is truly second nature. I mean, Avery and I have tracked for years and we have a lot of experience with tracking and I could tell you. If if you were to give me macros right now and calories, I would go into the kitchen. It would take me five minutes to to piece together a full day of eating, like literally five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because I have so much experience and I have so much more knowledge on food because I spent so much time tracking.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: which, like we said, there definitely are like drawbacks to tracking for sure for some people. But mm-hmm. I would argue, for the most part, there are mostly benefits when it comes to tracking your food.
0: I agree, and I think the drawbacks get more, like get reduced as you continue to do it. Um, you know, one of the main drawbacks is like, does it does take more time? Like it is, you know, it might take you five to 10 more minutes every day. Um, maybe it takes you longer in the beginning, maybe in the beginning, it takes you 15, 20 minutes to kind of piece together your macros, or, you know, maybe in the beginning you have to kind of figure out or, you know, take extra time to like remind yourself, oh no, I have to weigh everything and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's going to take some extra time, but the more you practice, the easier it's going to be. It's like, Think about when you first learned how to drive, you know, you got in your car and at least for me, I was terrified of learning how to drive. So I'm like, OK, so I put the key in the thing. Make sure my mirrors are good. Make sure I'm buckled. Everything's good. Well, you know, and now you get in your car and you're you're driving within 10, 15 seconds. Right. You're or, or,
1: and you're like, how did I even get from point? A? to right, point? Literally, I, you're like, I
0: didn't meet anyone like that's great. <laughs> Um, Right. It's that same thing, which you do it every single day. It becomes so automatic. So second nature. It's the same thing with literally any habit, but the same thing with tracking. And a lot of people stop tracking before they get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they don't really, they don't really get to experience how it just becomes a very second nature habit. Um, So yeah, that's kind of, I think the main, the main drawback for most people is that they, you know, they don't really get to the point of actually kind of being fluid with it. Um, I do want to say also like you can track incorrectly, or I shouldn't, you can, you know, your macro goals can be set inappropriately. Um, for a lot of people, I think it, you know, it can be something that is done in an unhealthy way, being like overly restrictive or being very obsessive about their food. I think that's a big misconception that, you know, tracking your food is, oh my gosh, that's so obsessive or that's, Mm -hmm. you know, disordered eating. And it can't, it definitely can be. I know for me, when I first started tracking, it was kind of like that, um, but it's not inherently that tracking your food is like means that you're obsessed with food. And I think for a lot of people, it gives them a lot more freedom. It, it teaches them how to eat more, um, yeah. kind of allows them to have more flexibility with what they're eating and not just focus on eating clean or eating, quote unquote, only healthy foods. It kind of shows them like, yeah, I can have Oreos and I can have a burger and I can eat Taco Bell. Um, obviously, we don't want all your, your food to consist of that. But it kind of shows you that like all foods really can fit within yeah. your yeah, free. Yes. I
1: can I can go to Taco Bell and I don't have to feel like shit afterwards because I'm not on track with my goals. Yes. Exactly. I mean, I might feel like shit afterwards, but it's yeah. not. But I it's not because you're guilty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely think that's that's a really common one I hear on consult calls. Is like if someone is really resistant to tracking, it's because they have have a past of maybe being mm-hmm. a little bit too obsessive with it in the past. And most of the time, it's probably because their their calories were restricted, and it was like such right. a low amount, or they you, you know were so focused on eating quote unquote clean. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that's a really big one too. So it. it definitely yes like Avery said can do that for some people if if set in inappropriately I love that you use that word um yeah. but for the most part I think it really helps people I know we're going to talk about our personal experiences here soon but I know that it helped me tenfold with my relationship with, full, with food okay. like just nine day
0: and I think also another a couple other like misconceptions which I literally just posted a reel about this yesterday but Just because you are tracking your food or I am tracking or someone is tracking their food. And I think a lot of people who don't track kind of have this misconception that, um, it's just for someone who's wanting to lose weight, or it's just when you're dieting, it's just when you are trying to be in a caloric deficit, um, or that tracking your food does mean that you're following some sort of diet. Um, you know, like you're following a keto diet or whatever it might be, um, which is just not the case at all. And, you know, I'd say 90 to 95% of the clients that we bring on when they first start tracking their food, the reason why we're having them track or the, the goals that we set for them are to actually eat more and to increase their food. Um, and tracking is, is a great tool. If you are trying to restore your metabolism, reverse diet, basically counter the effects of metabolic adaptation from like years of chronic dieting or yo-yo diets, stuff like that. Um, so. And just to make sure you're getting enough nutrients in
1: throughout the day and that your biofeedback is better. I mean, if you're somebody who's not recovering very well or, you know, your hormonal health is all, like food plays such a big role in so much of what goes into our health. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, even if it's not even diet or physique related at all, tracking your food has a ton of benefits. Um. Yeah, but I definitely think that that's you know I I hear people say like oh I don't really believe in tracking food or I don't think that you know there's influencers I follow I I can think of a few who have said like oh I just don't believe in that um and that's fine that's all personal preference for sure but it's not it's not like a I don't know it's not something to like believe in or not believe in say like what
0: does it mean that you don't believe in it like it exists right it's just information right. Right. Or, you know, people be like, well, I don't believe in macros or I don't, it's like, well, you, you're consuming macros, whether, yeah. you whether you believe
1: that. it in or not, they're there.
0: <laughs> you're consuming protein, fat and carbs, whether you yeah. want to recognize that or not. So, you know, anyway,
1: yeah. so, <laughs> it's but, like- but it's really great you guys. And, um, I think also down here, we're going to be talking about intuitive eating, um, yeah. but a big, big benefit of tracking your food. And like I said, with Avery and I, I mean, we've tracked for so long, we know so much more about food. I could look at a food and be like, I know that that's a carb source. I know that that's a protein source. I could probably tell you how many carbs roughly are in this food, you know, and it's because I've tracked and I had a good history with tracking and I just, I was so much more educated about nutrition. Um, my own eating habits, like you put on here, that's a great one, but like it gives you just so many more resources in terms of whenever you do eventually transition out of tracking, because let's be honest, I know for our clients, like most of them do not want to track their food for the rest of their lives. I know I don't want to, but having that basis and that understanding and that history of tracking is going to make that transition out of tracking so much easier and it's going to allow you to just really sustain your results. And, um, you can, e- you can even still make changes without tracking and you're going to be a lot more successful in that if you have a
0: history of tracking. Yes. Very well said. Um, okay, cool. So before we dive into like intuitive eating, reaching your goals without tracking all that good stuff, we wanted to chat a little bit about kind of our own personal experiences with tracking, because like we said, in the beginning of the episode, you know, a lot of times we see women or we have clients that we work with who are really intimidated by tracking, or maybe like they have a history with tracking that was not super positive. Maybe it become like an, an unhealthy or kind of restrictive thing for them. Um, And we can definitely relate to that. Um, so we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about like how we got from like our beginning with tracking to like where we are now. Um, So I, for myself, I know that I definitely did I did it quote unquote wrong or inappropriately for a long time. And I was actually, before we, before we hopped on this call, I was actually looking at my fitness pal. Cause I've I've had my fitness pal downloaded on my phone for a long time. Um, and of course I went through phases of like not really using it, using it. And, you know, I, I think it was back in like 2018 or something. Like my goal was set at like 1400 calories, something like that. So that was, that was inappropriate. That was not, uh, I should not have been doing that. Right. So it was just, it was, it was basically used as for me as a tool to like eat less food and, you know, try to eat less carbs and basically just, yeah, be very restrictive about it, which I think is a lot of times what people do. Um, and I know a big, a big reason for that was because I was letting my fitness pal set my goals for me and most tracking apps, you know, when you first create your account, it'll ask you like, you know, what your goal is, how fast you want to lose weight, what's your activity level. And of course I was always selecting, like, I want to lose weight as fast as possible. Right. Um, and so it's going to make that goal restrictive. Um, and so I wasn't actually, I wasn't actually determining how much am I eating now and what's appropriate based on that. I wasn't educating myself on like, what are macros? Like, what, what do I need? Like, what's the benefit of, of each macro? Um, so, you know, over time it kind of slowly morphed into what it is now just by educating myself and realizing like. 1400 calories is not sustainable for me. And even like 2000 calories isn't sustainable for me um, when I'm trying to like maintain my weight. So, um, yeah, it just, it would just took a long time to actually like realize kind of what tracking is when it's done correctly. Um, actually weighing everything out and being accurate with everything. So, um, yeah.
1: No, I love it. I, my, I mean, honestly, my history and my personal experience with getting into tracking is very, very similar. Um, you know, download my Fitness Pal, give go off what it says. I don't think I really was uh, necessarily tracking macros. I know my like first true experience with tracking food in general was when I did the keto diet, um, and you had to track carbs, obviously, make sure that you're not eating carbs essentially. Um, so that was kind of the, the first experience I had with like nutrition labels and like learning more about that. And honestly, you guys, I only did keto for like a week. It was the worst week of my life. Um, but you're like, yeah, no carbs. What? I literally remember the day I went off, I had a piece of chocolate and I went to talk about on the way home. um, but I definitely feel like I, you know, I relate to that a lot in terms of just being super restrictive. And that's, that's kind of what led me to learn how to track. Um, and then, like I said before, I had such a poor relationship with food because I was that girl who said, I love food too much. I'll never be quote unquote skinny. I, I literally, my mom reminds me of that all the time. I, I, we were on a walk once and I told her that like, oh, I'll never be skinny. I just, I love food too much. Like I just have to come to that you know, realization, it's just not going to be for me. My genetics won't, you know, it's just not me. Um, but it really, you know, little did I know I was actually eating way less than I should be. And so that's where tracking actually helped me with my relationship with food because it helped me open up my eyes to like, wow, I should be eating a lot more than I actually am, which allowed for more flexibility in my diet. It allowed for me to eat these foods that I love and not feel guilty about it. I can literally have whatever I want, whenever I want. Like that is, the truth of flexible dieting and tracking your macros. If you want something bad enough, you can make it fit within your your day of eating and adjust the rest of your day accordingly. And that's really what helped me so, so much with my relationship with food. Um, it helped me too, because I think I, I used to be in a position of always going for the low calorie, always going for the... the protein dessert and the protein ice cream, halo top. Like I was always going for these extremely low calorie, quote unquote, like diet foods. Um, and once I really started to learn more that I could eat more food, I can eat the normal ass ice cream. If I want to, I don't have to have halo top. You know, I even, I would sit there and convince myself, this is, this tastes just like regular ice cream. It's like, no, it fucking doesn't Alex. Um, (laughs) so it really did just help with my relationship with food in the long run too. And I've been intuitively eating quote unquote, obviously I'm pregnant right now. So I'm kind of I I track every once in a while, but I've had a really successful journey with intuitive eating because I tracked for so long and I learned so much about food. So So. anyways, that's my story. Love it. (laughs) Okay. So what everyone might be wondering is like, okay, well, I've tried tracking. I don't know if I love it, which like I'm saying, you guys, it's a learning curve. You're not going to love it at first. Avery and I didn't love it at first. Um, but once you start seeing those results and honestly, the more you track the truly the easier it becomes like it, you can do it it won't take any time at all. It happens so fast. I mean, we have clients who've worked with us for you know over a year and they could probably attest to that. Like, okay, tracking is not as bad now as it was when I first started. So definitely just, I encourage you if you're really serious about your goal to push through it and just yeah. keep tracking. But if you're in a position of like, I just do not want to track my food. I want to know, do you think it's possible to reach your goals without tracking?
0: Well, a lot short answer is yes, absolutely. Um, we said in the beginning of the episode, you do not have to track, uh, to reach your goals. Um, especially I think if you you have more general goals, um, like I just want to be healthier. I just want to, you know, feel good in the gym, feel good in my body, maybe get stronger. Um, I think definitely like a dieting phase, being in a caloric deficit, you can, you can create a caloric deficit by just changing some of your daily habits. I'm going to get into that in a second, um, and maybe that's a better place for you to start before you dive into tracking. I think a lot of people have that experience on their fitness journey. I know a lot of our clients have that experience where they kind of come to us when they're really ready for that next level or that next step of like, okay, I've been on a, I've been on a health and fitness journey. I already go to the gym regularly. I've, you know, maybe tried a couple of different diets. Maybe I've dabbled a little bit in food tracking, but I'm just not really seeing that many changes. I'm not really seeing that, that many results. And I think that getting a coach and really having someone tell me exactly what to do is going to be that next step step of like fast tracking where I want to be and making sure I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so yes, you can reach your goals without tracking. Um, but like Alex said, there's going to be a lot more detours. It's probably not going to be as fast of a process. Um, and it's also really hard to know if you're actually on track. Right. Um, I would say reverse dieting is probably like, yeah unless you are eating literally the exact same thing every single day, and then you're slowly increasing the portion sizes. um, it's going to be really hard to reverse diet successfully without gaining excess body fat. um, while you're going through that, which is kind of the, right. That's the goal is we want you to be able to eat more food without gaining a bunch of body fat in the process. Um, even with a dieting phase, like I said, you can create a caloric deficit without tracking, um, Mm -hmm but it's going to be harder to do it without being overly restrictive. I think that's what happens for a lot of people is they're like, okay, I want to lose weight. And so they start eating a little bit less. They start moving more. Um, but then they start cutting out, like they cut out a lot of food groups. They cut out a lot of their favorite foods. They, you know, start reducing carbs really quickly. They start kind of becoming overly restrictive, uh, before it's necessary or like, yeah, just dropping things very quickly. Um,
1: Something that Avery and I always say on all of these episodes, you guys, is consistency is key. And we we know that with pretty much anything in life, the more consistent you are with something, the better your results are going to be. And it's, it's going to be a little bit harder, probably a lot harder to stay super consistent if you aren't actually tracking because you don't have that data. You don't yeah. know for sure are you in a deficit today because, um, I mean – There's so many things that you might think, and this is where it's so important to track before I I stand behind that. Yes, it's great if you want it. Like I said, I don't track my food anymore. And I still feel like even before getting pregnant, like I was still reaching my goals, but it's because I was informed. If I would have just decided I was going to quote unquote intuitively eat before having any prior experience tracking, it would have gotten me literally nowhere because I've already was not eating enough. So it would have just kind of furthered my, my weight loss plateau and all of that and metabolic adaptation. And it would have been more detrimental to my biofeedback. Um, so it's definitely one of those things that it's going to be easier if you have at least a little bit of history of tracking before. Um, but when it comes to real consistency, like I said, at the beginning of the episode, if you are serious about a goal, you have a physique goal in mind, you want to lose X amount of pounds, you want to, you know, gain muscle, whatever it may be tracking is going to be the quickest way to get there. Yes, you can do it without, but it's going to take you a lot longer um and there's going to be a lot more trial and error.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think just when it comes to like really quickly, I don't even have this on here, but um you know why maybe tracking would be a better idea than doing like just following a certain diet or, you know, a lot of people now like doing octavia or intermittent know, fasting, intermittent fasting or some sort of like weight loss program, which it, it, those things are very appealing to people because there's a lot less thought involved, which means that there's, a, there's a lot less education involved. So, okay. I don't have to worry about how much I'm eating, what I'm eating. If I just eat within this time, right. Or I, I can eat whatever I want, as long as I don't eat any carbs or actually all I have to do is eat these, um, these shakes and these, like, you know, these products that I'm buying. If I just eat these things, then I'll lose weight or then I'll reach my goal. Um, sounds really good on paper. Cause it's like, okay, great. It's less thought it's less work for you. Um, even a meal plan okay, great. I just have to eat, eat what's on this list. Um, But ultimately it doesn't set you up for long-term success because it's not giving you any sort of education about how much you should be eating, what foods have what, you know, macros in them, um, your own eating habits. And most of the time it's going to end up being very unsustainable, restrictive. Um, And it also doesn't teach you how to then sustain the progress that you've made. So you might lose 20 pounds being, you know, with Octavia, that's great. And then you stop using their products, you gain weight back. Right. And so then, oh, I have to, this worked before. And so let me go back to this. Well, if it worked, anyways.
1: Yeah. And not to mention you guys, it's going to make you feel like shit. Like I told you I did keto for a week. The reason I stopped was because I was getting massive headaches. I literally was starving all of the time. Um, and it was like, okay, this is the, like I said, it was literally the worst week of my life. (laughs) Um, so it's, it's especially over a long period of time, it's going to be harmful to your health. And we've said this before in episodes, but like things that aren't normal might start to become normal to you. If you stay on those diets for too long, like brain fog or low energy levels or getting really shitty sleep. And you might just start to write that off as, Oh, that's just how I am. Um, it's, it's because your biofeedback is not great because of the nutrients that you're not putting into your body. So,
0: um, so really quickly, I just wanted to run through a couple things. If you're listening to this and you're like, I'm really just a beginner. Like I, I know that maybe one day I'm going to sort of, I'm going to want to track macros, but I'm not really ready to commit to that. And that's okay. Like we said, it is a learning curve and it's, um, you know, if you're like, I'm just kind of dipping my toes in the water with all of this. Um, I wanted to just run through and give you guys kind of just general tips that literally anyone, regardless of your goal, whether it's weight loss, muscle gain, just being healthier, um, can benefit from. So, um, using like your hand as kind of a portioning tool can be really helpful. So, um, a serving of protein would be like one palm size. So like chicken breast, turkey, uh, eggs, whatever it is, egg whites. Um, and then vegetables would be like a fist. So your hand in a fist position, again, whatever veggies you want. Carbs would be like a handful. So rice, potatoes, pasta, that sounds like so little to me. I know. I'm like, I need like four of those, but. I'm like a handful of rice, that's nothing. <laughs> um, and then a serving of fat would be like a thumb. So like olive oil, avocado. Um, those I want to say, like those are very, very general. Um, for me, when I think about all that, I'm like, that seems like a very small amount. I mean, my hands aren't that big, but um so but that's a good way just to kind of get a little bit more intentional about you know, having a a vegetable on your plate, having a source of carbs on your plate, having a source of protein, um, just so that you can start to be a little bit more aware of the way that you're eating. Um, but I would say
1: to do too, is even if you don't want to track your full on macros or calories, just start tracking protein alone. Like I said, women don't track protein and you know, if you want to, what is it? 0.8 to 1.2 of your body weight is what your protein intake should be. So even just tracking that alone can kind of help in terms of your goals.
0: Yeah. That's a really good, really good idea as well. So yeah, just focusing on protein with every meal, um, focusing on whole foods as much as you can. So just foods that are, you know, as minimally processed as possible. does. I mean, I eat processed foods every day. Um, but as many foods as you can eat that are like one ingredient. So like chicken avocado. Yeah sweet potato whatever it is um cooking at home more is just if, if more people did this like honestly I feel like so many people would just probably lose weight without even really trying um so trying to limit how much you're eating out like one to two times a week um I mean we're big both of us are big fans of eating out I feel like you eat out a decent amount um, I yeah
1: I eat out probably like four times a week maybe more <laughs> so
0: like, I'm not saying it's like a, that's a hard and fast rule of like no right. more a week and also it depends on your goal like obviously Alex is pregnant she's yeah. not trying to lose weight right now um so you know and she maintains what like 27 2600 calories so like
1: and, and i think uh, like again like you said it comes down to like that seriousness of your goal and you know, yes, you can eat out and track. And like, I, I, we actually just had a client yesterday. She reached out to me and was like, Oh, how would you track your smoothie bowl that you just ate? And yeah, I sent her the information that's on their website, but they aren't measuring that. So it's not actually going to be exactly what their website says, but if I'm cooking or making a smoothie bowl at home, I actually am measuring to the gram, how much blueberries I'm putting in, how much peanut butter I'm putting in. So I can, it's, it's way, way, way more accurate if you're doing it from home.
0: Right. Um, Just focusing on eating more fruits and vegetables, eating more high fiber foods, which are just going to be really good for digestion and keeping you full, Um, drinking more water, which again, most people aren't drinking enough water. So I'd say at least half a gallon a day. Um, That's normally where I start people, but then we kind of gradually increase from there. Um, Just staying active throughout the day. So setting a step goal for yourself um, and doing some sort of strength training at least twice a week, if not more. Uh, And then just focusing on sleep, stress management, basically just, just take care of yourself. Yeah, basically,
1: and those uh, things that literally even picking just a couple of these things to start with is going to help. It's it really will make a difference for right. sure.
0: Right, even if it's just I'm going to focus on protein with every meal and taking a, a walk every day. Yeah, awesome. Like it, it,
1: honestly, I would encourage you to start small. I wouldn't start with all kind of tips Avery just gave because then it's yeah. going to be overwhelming. Um, yeah. Start with two, and then maybe next week add one in, and maybe in a couple of weeks add another one
0: in. Once you're kind of getting those those habits down. Yes. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. So we wanted to then dive into talking about intuitive eating, what it is, like the benefits of doing that. Can you reach your goals when you're eating intuitively, all that good stuff. Um, so I, I do have a full episode on intuitive eating. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like we've talked about this in more depth, but um, essentially, and I actually copied, literally copy pasted this. I literally searched like the definition of it. Um, so intuitive, I'm going to just read it verbatim. Intuitive eating is a philosophy of eating that makes you the expert of your body and its hunger signals. Essentially, it's the opposite of a traditional diet. It doesn't impose guidelines about what to avoid or what and when to eat. Instead, it teaches that you are the best person, the only person to make those choices. So I think this is a really, and obviously there's gonna be lots of different definitions, like slightly different definitions. I think this is a really interesting or a really, yeah, really interesting way to put it, basically saying that you are the expert, right? You're the expert on what your body needs. You're the expert of how you're feeling, your hunger signals. Um, There's no specific guidelines about what you should be eating. Um, And I wanna come back to that in a second, but essentially you're not tracking, you're not following a specific diet. You know, most people are are eat quote unquote eating intuitively, just meaning they're kind of just eating, you know, yeah, uh, as their body kind of tells them to. Right. Um, and then there's actually, I wanted to kind of really quickly also run through like the principles of of intuitive eating. So, um, if you are curious, like you're like I want to know more about this, or I kind of want to dive more into these principles. There's a book. It's called Intuitive Eating. Um, it's by Evelyn Tribble and Elise resh i don't know how to say they they're,
1: they're literally the creators of yeah. what intuitive they eating. like
0: coined the term intuitive eating like these are the women who kind of are like yeah they they basically put all these definitions in place and kind of for, i mean, formalized it essentially so it's a really interesting book um especially if you're trying to work on like your relationship with food and stuff i think it's even if you are tracking or you're you're planning on starting to track i think it's a really good uh book um but anyways there's 10 principles to intuitive eating so reject the diet mentality, honor your hunger, make peace with food, challenge the food police, respect your fullness, discover the satisfaction factor, honor your feelings without using food, respect your body, exercise, feel the difference, honor your health with gentle nutrition. So basically what I want to point out is that there's more, there's more to intuitive eating than just the eating part. Um, So all of these principles are basically founded in like self care and taking care of your body. I think a lot of people think that intuitive eating is like, Oh, I'm just going to eat cookies and pizza all the time. Just like Alex said with Taco Bell or with, you know, eating a bunch of Oreos, like it's probably not going to make you feel that great. So intuitive eating, isn't just like eating a bunch of junk food. Um, it's eating in a way that's going to nourish your body and that's going to make you feel good. And that's also going to honor your cravings and, you know, food freedom and all of that. Um, it's about like respecting your body and kind of rejecting a lot of those, um, like mindsets about trying to eat in a specific way or having food rules and things like that. Um, I know so- a big part of it too is like really
1: understanding the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger mm-hmm. um, there. Cause that is a totally different thing. And I know it actually it, it said that as one of these, like honoring your hunger, but like knowing that, like, am I eating this because I physically need food right now or am I eating this because I'm upset or am I eating this because I'm bored or am I eating this just because it looks tasty? Like it's, it's being super, super in tune with your body.
0: Yes. One of the principles, honor your feelings without using food.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was.
0: Yeah. So being right. Being in tune with your body and, and kind of being able to recognize, is this physical hunger, emotional, like what's going on with my body? Um, so it should also be noted that intuitive eating is not a weight loss method. Um, it's not like oh, I'm I'm intuitively eating to lose weight. You might you might lose weight. I mean, who knows? Um, but it's not like a a a thing to do to lose weight. Um, so essentially, with intuitive eating, I think a, a big thing is that. People eat intuitive, quote unquote, intuitively, but that doesn't mean that they're giving their body what it needs. So a yeah. lot of people, like I'd say a lot, most people who come to us are eating intuitively, or they're just, they're not tracking. They're not tracking. They're not following a specific diet, um, but they're probably under eating. They're probably not getting enough protein. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably are having a really inconsistent intake. So they're eating very little during the week. And then they're going out on the weekends, going out to dinner or going, you know, drinking or whatever it is. And they're eating a lot more food so they're not they're not they're not actually respecting their body with food they're not actually um you know honoring their hunger yeah. and you know their hunger cues and things like that that would make it easier to track to eat intuitively have been kind of diminished because they've been restrictive so- for so long and so it's actually really difficult for them to truly eat intuitively because their, their body isn't really able to give them the signals that are necessary for that.
1: Yeah. That, that was what I was going to say is kind of like, I don't have beef with intuitive eating. I am a proclaimed intuitive eater. Um, but the, the thing that I, that bothers me is Someone might just declare that they're intuitive eater, but they have so much more that they need to work on before doing that. Like you said, maybe their metabolism is downregulated and it, it it's going to be hard to know if you're actually hungry, if you can't even get hungry until 2 PM, because your, your hunger keys are downregulated metabolism downregulated. Um, also if, you know, like I said, if I were to transition into intuitive eating before having my tracking history, mm-hmm. my idea of intuitive eating would be like, Oh, Taco Bell sounds pretty good right now. I'm going to go have that. And then, oh, pizza sounds great for dinner. I'm going to have that, which is there's nothing wrong with that. But that was me every single day. I, you know, I definitely had no respect for my body. I had no respect for the nutrients I was putting in to make me feel my best. So it would it would be really difficult for me to have a su- successful intuitive eating journey if I didn't have prior knowledge to nutrition. Because now I, I'm really successful in it because I know yes, I can have this talk about, and it's, you know, it is benefiting me, whether it might not be like the nutrients in it, it's benefiting my emotions. It, It does make me happy. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that it's, it's important to know that, like you said, it's, it's not definitely not a method for weight loss and it's, you're going to be a lot more successful in it. If you have done the work with your relationship with food, if you have done the work on your metabolism, um, and you, you are in a really good place just like mentally to, to make that transition, because that's going to be a big, big part. Like if you just proclaim that you're an intuitive eater, but you're only eating 1200 calories a day, like that's not going to be great for your health.
0: Right. Um, and I, so I, I like to think about intuitive eating, like when it's done successfully as informed eating, meaning that like Yes. You're not tracking like what Alex is doing. She's not tracking her food on, you know, regularly. She's not following a specific diet, but she's also really informed about, okay, I know what foods have protein. I know, you know, especially as, as she's pregnant, she's like, I really know what type of nutrients I'm supposed to focus on when I'm pregnant. I know what foods have those. Um, right. So I'm going to focus on healthy fats and, you know, we have a whole episode about pregnant nutrition and pregnancy. So if you're curious about that, we can go listen to that one. On um, so yeah, literally a long, basically just eat a bunch of liver yeah. <laughs> and, and eggs and eggs. Yeah. Lots of eggs. Um, but she's choosing foods. Like, of course you might have, go have Taco Bell or go, you know, go out to eat and have something that's less like quote unquote nutrient dense, but she's also, you know, for the majority of what she's eating, she's choosing foods that are going to make her feel good that she enjoys. Um, but that also going to nourish her body, make sure she's getting enough protein, um, you know, make sure she's giving her baby the nutrients that it needs, stuff like that. So it's kind of that, like, that hybrid of listening to your body, giving your body what it needs, also honoring your hunger and, you know, eating what you enjoy. Um, so I think a lot of people, like you said, are intuitively eating, but also being very restrictive, kind of trying to eat clean, you know, so they're not necessarily honoring what their body needs. Right? Um, they're not able to because they've kind of restricted their, yeah, they restricted their hunger cues for so long. Um,
1: how do we make that if, if we are wanting to transition to intuitive eating and we have tracked our food and we're like, okay, I've, you know, I feel good about my goals. I feel good about my physique. I'm ready to kind of get out of intuitive or out of tracking and kind of lean more into that intuitive eating space. What do you think is the best way to approach that?
0: Well, so the first thing I would, I guess, say is just being very intentional about when you are choosing to do that. Um, so a lot of times I think people will make the mistake of doing this after, they go through a dieting phase. So they go through a, they go through a dieting phase They're in a caloric deficit and They're like, okay, I reached my weight loss goal or whatever. So I'm just going to go back, go, go to intuitive eating now. When you're in a caloric deficit, you know, you're doing it in an inappropriate way. Like you are, you are restricting your food intake. You are eating less food than what your body actually needs so that you lose weight, um, which is what has to happen if you want to lose weight. Um, and so intuitively you're probably going to want to eat more food. Right. And that's the goal is like, we want to get you to get, get you to a place where you can eat more food without gaining that weight back. Um, but in order to actually sustain those results, it's important that you kind of make that transition slowly. So if you're going to just go straight from dieting, this is the reason why a lot of people don't actually maintain their results as they go through, whether they track or they go on a specific diet, whatever it is, once they hit their goal, they just go back to whatever they were doing before. Um, so uh, this would be n- not necessarily the best time, I would say, to transition to intuitive, intuitive eating. I would say once you've spent some time tracking your food, being consistent with that, really learning what your body needs, and also giving your body enough time to adapt right. to eating more food, getting your hunger cues back, feeling better, biofeedback is better, then you know, kind of slowly transitioning out of it. And there's a lot of ways to do that. You could kind of start with like, okay, I'm gonna track every other day, or I'm I'm gonna, you know, only track during the week and not on the weekends. Or I'm gonna kind of go to, you know, just tracking my protein. Um or you could just say, okay, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna kind of stop cold turkey. I mean, that's another way to do it. Um and I think a big thing is just kind of eating, like eating with macros in mind. That's a lot of times what I'll tell clients when they're like, I'm gonna intuitively on this, you know, over the weekend, I'm like, okay, that's totally fine. Imagine you're still tracking. Like what would you choose? Right. You choose something that has protein, you would kind of be mindful of The portion sizes, like, you know, you can, I could probably hit my macros without tracking just by eating the same things I eat, right? right? I just ate the same that I normally eat. So
1: I think a big uh, thing for me was I kind of almost wanted to like test myself when I first started to eat intuitively in terms of like untracked meals. Like, how do I react with an untracked meal? Am I going into an untracked meal like, I'm gonna fuck this shit up. I'm gonna eat so much. I'm not tracking it. Like I'm going balls to the walls. I'm getting a drink. I'm getting extra fries. I'm getting dessert afterwards. Because if that wasn't the case for me, it was like okay, I'm not ready to. Like my relationship with food is nowhere near where it should be for me to make this transition to intuitive eating. Right? I was kind of being an asshole with my untracked meal, um, but the the best way for me at least was to just start with like untracked meals and just, you know, am, am I actually listening to my body during this or am I just overeating because it's not tracked? You know what I mean? Like, am I stopping when I'm full? Am I going for my protein first? Like what, what does this look like for me? And once I knew like, okay, like I just went out to eat and I like literally didn't even finish my plate when I normally would just eat just because it's in front of me, not because I was satisfied. Um, So that was a good way for me to kind of test myself was, like I said, with meals first and then maybe with a couple of days here and there. And now, like I said, I've made that transition to intuitive eating where maybe like once every few weeks I'll track. Um, And it's, it's even loose tracking. It's not like, oh, I'm tracking as I go throughout the day. It's more so like, oh, okay I can kind of get a good idea of what I ate today. Let me put it into my fitness pal just to see where I'm at. Um, And the reason I like to do that is because I want to make sure I am not downregulating my metabolism. Like, I want to make sure that I'm still eating enough to support my goals. I'm obviously being pregnant. I'm in a surplus right now. So I want to make sure I'm eating enough to support my baby and my body and the changes that are happening. Um, So I think that that's a really good kind of tool, too, to utilize is, yes, you can make that transition. But every once in a while having a day or two where you track just to make sure you are still continuing on the same route is going to be really important because I think it would be easy to, you know, slowly and slowly get back into that, maybe not eating enough or whatever it may be. And then before you know it, okay, I need to go to a reverse diet again because, you know, metabolic adaptation is taking place. I'm eating less than I probably should. So it's just a good way to kind of keep checking in with yourself. But yeah, I definitely, that's kind of my approach I took was free meals here and there. How did I do those test myself? Like, am I actually in a good headspace to do this? Because I I used to be that person where if I had like a quote unquote untracked meal, it was balls to the wall. Like, you know, I was just, you know, it's not tracked. So I'm going to eat literally whatever's in sight, even if I'm gorged and I, my stomach hurts, like, I'm just, it's untracked. So I'm going to eat, you know, and that's, that's not a good position
0: to be in to make that transition. I think definitely making sure that you're at a really solid maintenance intake. I think, you know, you transitioning to intuitive eating when you're, maybe like halfway through a reverse diet, but there's actually more food you could be eating and then going to intuitive eating. And then, you know, like eating a lot more very quickly. Um, like you said, or like kind of being like, okay, well I'm not tracking. So I'm just going to kind of eat way more or kind of like not really listen to my body as much. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of like, kind of just incorporating more untracked meals. Like you could kind of be like, okay, I'm going to do one, untr- I'm going to track all my day except for dinner, or I'm going to track all my day except for lunch. And then, you know, kind of slowly wean your, and that's a really good le- like way to test the waters. Like you said of like, okay, I'm noticing that every time I have my kind of untracked meal for dinner, that's when I tend to really like, I can tell that I'm, you know, just snacking a bunch. I'm not, right. I'm, I'm full, but then I'm having like two or three desserts and stuff like that. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a really good way to test the waters and also just, you know, kind of practicing your intuitive eating. Like I have, you know, all my clients get untracked meals every week, or, you know, if they're going on a vacation, I might say, yeah, let's just do intuitive eating. This is a really good way to practice, um, listening to your body, still kind of keeping all the things you've learned with tracking in mind. Um, I'm about to go to Hawaii for a week. I won't be tracking during that time. Um, so, you know, kind of. Uh, like sprinkling in those opportunities to practice intuitive eating, even when you are tracking consistently, I think is also really helpful. So,
1: and you'll find too, I have a client whenever she's maintaining, we, we do weekends, no tracking. Um, And it's funny because she's, she's worked with me for a while. And she always says like, it's, you know, I think, okay, I'm not going to track this weekend, but like in reality, she eats the same foods. that she would it, during the week anyway. So she's like, I feel like it's kind of pointless to not track cause I'm just eating the same stuff, but it's good to take that break too mentally. And, um, to again, t- test the waters with that too.
0: And I think that's a really good, like almost kind of a good way to know that you're ready if you're still eating the same foods, because it yeah. means like you're choosing foods that you genuinely enjoy eating. Um, you know, like okay, you might be tracking your macros and you know, this meal has a lot of protein, but like you, you enjoy that meal, regardless of you with, if you track it or not, it's not like when you're not tracking, you're like, oh, now I can finally eat pancakes. And it's like, well, you could be eating pancakes this whole time. So, you know, that's kind of the beauty of this like flexible dieting tracking macros is that, you know, just because you have macro goals, it doesn't mean that you can't eat your favorite foods. Um, you know, you just have to kind of work them into your goals. So, um, I think that's
1: everything. So yeah, you guys, short or long story short, it's important to track your food if you're serious about your goals. Um, like that, that is gonna be the quickest way. But yes, you can reach your goals without tracking it, is definitely possible. Um, you just might not get there as quick as you would like if you are wanting to be serious about your goals, like we said. And then that's kind of the, the little rundown on intuitive eating. Um, we also wanted to say next week there will not be an episode. Avery, as she just said, is gonna be in Hawaii. Um <laughs> I've never been, I'm so jealous. yeah hopefully I'll be pushing out a baby while you're in Hawaii so we'll see we're not going to be next week moral of the story
0: (laughs) yes but Uh, we'll we'll have a lot of exciting updates for the following week (laughs)
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on or remind me um,
0: I guess only other thing I was going to say was if you guys are like, I'm ready to start tracking, I want to do this, but I am kind of like, I need more guidance, any more help. That's why we're here. That's literally what we specialize in. So, um, as always, we'll have our, um, our coaching link in the show notes. So definitely check that out, hop on a call with us. We can kind of tell you a little bit more about the work that we do. So
1: yes, definitely. Awesome. You guys Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you in a couple of weeks and have a good weekend. We'll be right